Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 425 with Case Kinney. Case brought some brotastic perspectives to how to build confidence and achievement and motivation. So you'll learn one, how doing embarrassing things increases confidence. Two, how to balance striving with gratitude. And three, some common motivational mistakes. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, you'll find it over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F425. Now here's Case's story. Case Kenny is the founder and editor-in-chief of Pursuit.com. That's P-R-S-U-I-T.com. No initial U, P-R-S-U-I-T.com. And the host of the iTunes top podcast, New Mindset, Who Dis? So thanks to Case for spending some time with us and thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. Here is Case. Case, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Well, I think we have got so much fun stuff to dig into when it comes to motivation and learning and personal development. We're both total dorks for this. So first, I'll put you on the spot. And I want to know, so you have apparently become fluent in both Arabic and Chinese. Is this correct? <laughs> fluent is gracious. It's very, it's very <laughs> nice to say. In college, which was eight, nine years ago at this point, I did major in, in Chinese and Arabic. And then I also studied Hindi and Urdu as well because they're derived from the foundation of Arabic. So at one point, I was quite good at it. Lived in China for a bit, worked at a law firm, considered some government work for Arabic. So at one point, totally geeking out on it every single day. I'm not finding myself using it too often lately, but uh, the base is there. I can read and write it decently now. I've been meaning that I'll find like someone in Chicago to practice with, but it is a true statement. Fluent is gracious though. <laughs> well, now, well, that's intriguing because I understand these are among the hardest languages to learn in that the characters are not quite <laughs> you know, looking like ABCD over there. So do you have any pro tips on how you managed to you know, develop a degree of proficiency in these languages? Oh man, they're very different. Like Chinese is, you need to have a very good memory and you need to have a very good ear. Memory for the characters, certainly because it is symbol-based, and then ear for the annotations. It's a tonal language. So there you could say mother, horse, what, using the same word. And obviously, those are very different <laughs> meanings. You have to be able to hear that. So I would say you have to, photographic memory would be super helpful for Chinese. Arabic, though, Arabic, it's right to left. It is a bit different, but they do have an alphabet, so it makes sense there. But I mean, the best way to learn a language is to immerse yourself in it completely. And that's not necessarily saying you have to move somewhere, though that certainly helps. When I was studying it, it was every single day for three hours over four years. And I was only decent at it. Um, so mm -hmm. I imagine what you could do over 10 years if you lived somewhere and you really wanted to do it. But I honestly, I think... Some people are just like genetically predisposed to being good at languages, but you know, I think anyone with enough practice and immersion can, can get decent at it. Let's talk about learning how to learn. And so you've had a longstanding fascination with personal development as, as have I. So I, I'd love to hear your story starting from. I don't know, little case or wherever it's appropriate yeah. to start sure. to how it's pointed you into your, your current job and podcast and pursuit and sort of what's the maybe three-ish minute uh, story arc of, of how this has pointed you in these directions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for me, if I'm being honest, like my 
relationship with personal development, my journey to being here, it, it candidly, it's, it's been a selfish one. It, it's, it's always been about me, like trying to better myself, trying to understand myself, trying to push myself. It was never like a fascination with, I, I am very interested in, in how humans adapt and grow. It's come to that point now, but initially it was never that way. It was never me sitting down and being like, I'm very interested in human psychology or adaptive behavioral theory or anything like that. It was never that way. I think to be honest, it hasn't been that long standing. I'd say over the past five years is where I really came into that. And that's how I built my brand and everything that I do has been around that. But it was inherently personal and a bit selfish in a good way, not in the negative connotation. And that, you know, I just kind of looked at my life and what I was doing, call it, I'm 30 now. So we'll, we'll say 25 is really where I started getting into this. I was working in Chicago, working at a couple different ad agencies. And I just kind of looked at my career, who I was, what I was doing, my sense of happiness, fulfillment. And it seemed very passive to me. It didn't seem like I was growing towards anything. I didn't really have an idea of what I was doing. I mean, typical millennial stuff here, right? I felt kind of lost. I, I didn't know the answers. Things weren't that clear to me. And I think that's normal. But on top of that, it was always just seemed like I wasn't making decisions for myself. I was doing these things and hoping they would lead me to better places, hoping they would lead me to become more confident and more assured and centered and passionate and creative and all those things. And I just kind of took a step back and realized that vulnerably. I was like, I'm not making decisions. I'm very passive right now. I'm not lean forward in, in my life. And it was kind of that realization that just led me to a series of experiences where I did just that. I pushed myself for more experiences. And that's a vague statement, but it was literally throughout my mid-20s, pushing myself to do things that made me really uncomfortable, that made me realize that I can be much more active in my life. And it was kind of through that idea that I started really leaning into my career, which evolved to sales, which is a very lean forward, aggressive, confident kind of activity. And then leaning into my creative skill set, which at this point has become podcasting and writing and entrepreneurship and publishing and digital marketing and things like that. And they kind of, they all grew hand in hand where I, I started to realize that I can make decisions for myself that can better myself, both financially, influence, and then personally. And like they all just kind of came together. And I, I've created this interesting ecosystem for myself where my passion, my hobby, my career all are built around this idea of pushing myself and being uncomfortable and growing. And along the way, I've, I've met a ton of great people I've, through my company, through my network, through reading and podcasting and things like that, that made me realize that I'm very fascinated with this idea of personal development because it's half science, it's half theory, it's half experiences, it's, it's very personal. And I, I just really find a lot of value in that and that I could sit down and basically describe my experiences and people find value in that. And that the more I lean into that, the more I podcast, the more I interview, the more I write, I in turn am, am learning from that. So it's a very meta type experience for me where I'm, I'm creating content around self-development and that content in effect is helping to push me to then create more. And it's just very authentic. I say it all the time. And like, even on my Instagram, like I call myself a dude bro guy with perspective because I am a bit of a, a bro and by any, mm. by any definitions, like I like going to the club. I like flashy things. Sometimes I'll say, say things that might uh, people would roll their eyes at. Right. I'm not an expert. You hit the gym. Yeah. I go out. <laughs> I can tell from your Instagram photos that you're visiting the gym. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. I try to get the gains. I try to get the protein. I do my thing. I'm not 
trying to be a life coach. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not trying to do that. I've never even tried to be a thought leader. It's always been about just being better. And then I, I've always been a voracious writer and I love writing. And I just started narrating my experiences and people seem to really enjoy it simply for the fact that I was vulnerable to say, I don't know the answer. Again, I'm a bit of a tool sometimes, call it. I'm a bro, I'm a dude, I'm a guy, whatever. But here are my thoughts and they might be helpful to you. And that's how like my whole evolution has has gone. But again, it's all around this idea of personal development that I've seen myself really, really adapt even in the past five years around this idea of, of leaning forward versus leaning back. And that's more than three minutes, but that, that's kind of how I got into it. Just kind of looking at myself and wanting more of myself. And it's really opened the doors and kind of the world to me, frankly. Well, that's interesting. And it really does come through, you know, as, as I read Pursuit, Yep. Uh, available at pursuit.com yep. without the first U. That's right. dot com and your mindset, <laughs> your podcast, new mindset. Who dis? <laughs> it took me a moment to know. Oh, like new phone. Who dis? Yeah. New mindset. I get it you now. Get it? Yeah. Who dis? The speech bubbles helped in the in the cover art. So it, it does come through in terms of it's vulnerable, it's raw, it's it's you just using your language, and that's fun, and that is just sort of resonant for folks because yeah, I mean, some people like the scientific flavor, like hey, this study revealed these things with right. these numbers some people dig the the poetic uh, flowery expression like oh that was a beautiful sentence and a quote that i'll, I'll post right. to inspire right. me and, and you're just uh, telling it like you see it in your uh in your authentic uh, bro way and you know i just got a big canister of protein powder so <laughs> so right. i can relate a little bit at times <laughs> so I, I appreciate what you're up to so right let, let's dig in then so this whole notion of of leaning forward and set it backward and pushing yourself to do things that, that make you uncomfortable. Well, you know, I, I think that's kind of easier said than done. So how did you kind of start that momentum in terms of, hey, I am going to push myself to do this, even though it's uncomfortable. Uh, can you give us some specific examples of, of what made you uncomfortable and what you did? Yeah. So I would say there's like a couple things in there that have really led me to realize that and that continued to push myself. But it was basically the idea of, I needed to embarrass myself more because now I would consider myself probably too confident, too much self-esteem. Like sometimes it pours out of me in ways that people perceive as negative, but it used to be the, the direct opposite where very self-conscious, very timid, didn't want to speak up, just nervous in that respect. And two things along the way made me realize that one, no one cares. And two, the more you push yourself, the more you realize that. And the first going way back before my mid twenties was waiting tables at Applebee's. I think everyone should wait tables at some point in their lives. It teaches uh -huh. you so much about people. It teaches you so much about, about yourself. It teaches you all these skills, but that certainly made me realize you can pack in two years of human interaction experience in a summer waiting tables or whenever you're waiting tables. And I know for your audience, it might be for a good reason too late to go and wait tables because you know they're professionals, but maybe for their kids or whatever. Like I, I found so much value in that. It gave me a little bit of a teaser that I kind of tucked away in my pocket and then kind of came back to realize now my my mid-20s, but of the the power of of that idea of of understanding people really don't care or people really are not watching you as much as they do. So I would leave that just there uh, as a, a context for what I'm talking about here. And then the other one is it was when I turned 26, 27 is I left my agency job in Chicago because I started having these feelings. If you know 
digital advertising or agencies, it's it's a bit of a grind, bit of a sweatshop. You learn a lot. Don't get me wrong. Very grateful for the experiences, but you don't make a lot. There's it's very ambiguous on how you can be successful. It's a, it's a grind. This idea in my head, I, I wanted to prove to myself that I was capable not only of being impactful and using my skills in an impactful way, but also I wanted to make money. To be candid, I wanted to make money. And I'll never think there's anything wrong with that. That's where I, I hustled my way into a sales role. And that's the second thing that I think everyone should try to do at some point is some type of sales, whether it's more blase business development or a pure sales commission role. Like that's where I came into my own because I've been in this role for a while and the old case pre-sales versus post-sales, I've, I've learned so much about myself. I embarrass myself regularly. I am awkward regularly. I am in rooms that I have no business being in. I've been able to make money, which is great, but it's been those experiences where I've completely failed and crashed in a meeting. I've entertained so many clients taking people out to dinners every night of the week. I've packed all of this life experience into this short amount of time and all that is completely in forward. You know, you're not going to yeah. be successful in that role without leaning forward. You can't sit back and hope that, oh, maybe I'll be passionate about this or maybe it'll lead me in the right direction. And I'm not even talking about being successful. Here. I'm just talking about proving to yourself that you could do things. And so it, it definitely started with that sales idea. And then from there, it's it's basically just me in a mindset now of anytime I have the opportunity to do something or think of something. And if my reaction to it is I don't want to do it because it makes me uncomfortable, I've honestly, and people might, oh, that's bullshit, but I force myself to do it now. Like I crave that experience because I know how powerful it will be for me. And now in retrospect, now that I have my podcast and it's doing well, I know I could talk about it as a good experience driven piece of content. But like someone the other day was like, Hey case, like I want you to dress up as the Easter bunny for this kid's Easter celebration. And of course I was like, Oh my gosh, that sounds horribly embarrassing and something like I do not want to do it. But then that in the back of my head, I'm like, I should probably do that because it is both of those things. And I should do that simply for that very fact. And it's like thoughts like that, that have really, really pushed me to do things where I'm likely to embarrass myself. But the result has been I'm so much more confident in myself, like light years. And it's been it's really opened my eyes. So, okay, I was right with you in terms of trying sales, crashing in meetings, you feel uncomfortable, you push yourself to do that. And, uh, and where was our last 30 seconds here? It's evolved from there, right? So like that idea of pushing myself forward in a business setting where there's a little bit more structure has made me realize that I could take that concept of pushing myself to be uncomfortable outside of that. And the result is now I really crave that idea of being uncomfortable, being awkward, being embarrassed. And it's cliche to say, but like, I really do I want to do it now. Whereas before any opportunity I had to like sink into the shadows or sit in the back, I would do it. Now it's, I want the direct opposite of that because I've seen like how more powerful it has made me as far as just taking ownership of what I want to do. And along the way, it's developed my confidence. My I'm happier because I'm pushing myself in a direction that I have created rather than just coasting. It definitely started with sales. I will give sales that credit. Yeah. Well, that, that's really intriguing how you have kind of rewired your, your fundamental reaction to stuff. That's really cool. So I'd love to get your take on if folks are just getting started, like, yeah, I am so not there. I very much prefer to not embarrass myself and <laughs> prefer not to feel this discomfort. What would you recommend to be some of the very first steps? 
Yeah, I mean, I would ask them why they prefer that. And my guess would be, well, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, it's embarrassing. My question would be, well, you're basing that on an experience or two where that happened to you. Like, I think life is about trial and error and you need a larger sample size. And the most happy, fulfilled, creative, successful people I know are, are constantly embarrassing themselves. One of my good friends is the CRO of a company here in Chicago, billion dollar company. And the dude is bullheaded, so bullheaded, he embarrasses himself all the time. And you would say, wow, a guy of that stature, a guy who's a CRO, who's buttoned up, who's, who's very successful, like you would think a guy like that never embarrasses himself. But no, he, he does it all the time. And it's not, it sounds masochistic to be like, oh, you got to go and embarrass yourself. Like, it's not that. It's just you put yourself in a position where you're uncomfortable. That's all it is. And I think for, for people to, to be like, ah, oh, you know, it, I'm uncomfortable to do that. I would say, okay, that's a natural feeling. You know, feeling that way doesn't make you any less in any respect. You just have to, you have to realize that you're, you feel that way because you've only done it a couple times. The more that you do it, the more you realize it doesn't matter. And then the more that you realize it doesn't matter, I think you'll come to realize that what separates confident, driven, creative people from people who are not that is their threshold for that thing. It's like, how much can, mm -hmm. are they willing to go through, whether that's awkwardness or discomfort or stress or frustration? It's the threshold for that. I think in any aspect of life, that's going to make you successful. And I think if you can kind of contextualize yourself within that spectrum, and I think that's what's going to push you. It's definitely like a mental chess game with yourself. You have to convince yourself. But once you do it, to my point, it's like a little bit addicting because it's like leveling up for me. Like I'm like accruing awkward points and I can cash them in for confidence. Like that's like how I mm -hmm. see it. Literally, it's not a game, certainly, because it, it can be awkward. But I just see so much value. I've convinced myself that. And I think if you start with that mindset, you'll uh, gradually find more momentum there. Well, it's really edifying in terms of, of viewing that awkward points as, as a currency. And, and those experiences are right there, able to be turned into having more confidence or, or upgrade from it. Uh, boy, just, just chewing on that for a while. It's pretty fun. So the formula then is when you say embarrass yourself, it's not about, you know, streaking, <laughs> you know, across town. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be clear. It's not falling flat on your face. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's about entering situations that you feel uncomfortable in. And you have no business being there. You're not yet adequate, competent, qualified to go there. But nonetheless, you're going there. And, and because you're there and you haven't been there before, it feels kind of awkward, feels kind of uncomfortable. And when you say some things, you might feel embarrassed and stupid. Yeah, exactly. But after having done that a few times, you get the upgrade. Like, oh, yeah, I've done those sorts of meetings numerous times. It's it's no big deal. And, and I feel confident there. Absolutely. Yep. I'd love to hear your take a little bit on some practices when we're talking about confidence with regard to maybe exercise or posture or meditation. Do any of these play into it for you? Yeah, certainly. Absolutely. I talk a lot about confidence. I mean, meditation for me, I guess I have rampant ADD or something. I've never found it to work for me. Really, for me, everything that I have found to be effective has been experience-driven to, to the last five minutes that we've been talking about. I think certainly posture, the idea of a power stance, things like that helps. But like, 
people sometimes like read my content and listen to my podcast and they, they, they get a lot out of it. But I'm assuming that people might also be like, oh, okay, so, you know, there's, there's no science behind this or like, where's the, the five steps or like, where's the practices, the daily practices. And I don't know, really know what to tell you because everything that I've learned to be impactful in my life has been mindset driven. Hence the name of the podcast, new mindset, who dis? Like I have seen the power of the mind to be so much more impactful than the power of a five-step process or the power of something similar. Then that's just the way I've always been because it's always been easier for me to sit and think myself out of action, to sit and mm -hmm. try meditation. For example, it's been easy for me to sit in a corner and adopt a power stance. And But those are passive activities. And I realized that if I want to have an active lean forward mentality towards life, I have to make my mind want to do those things. I have to basically trick myself or incentivize myself or motivate myself to want to act. That's what I've come to realize about myself. It took 30 years, call it, but that's why everything for me goes back to my mindset. It's not about little practices that offer temporary growth or whatever. It's about a sustained mindset that makes me want to do those things and makes me want to be uncomfortable to grow. Because again, I've seen the other side call it. I've seen where the grass is greener and I want to continue to go that way. And it, to me, it's always been just about, about that mindset. And now I have it and it's more sustained. And to me, I would much rather grow in a sustained way than adopt practices that for me just don't work over time. It may work for someone else and that's fantastic. But in my dude bro guy reality, apparently it's, it's more about getting my mind right and getting centered in that and then taking that with me every day. I'd love it if you could maybe articulate some particular new mindsets, you know, with regard to, Hey, old mindset and new mindset, whether that's with regard to a, a belief or vibe uh, sure. associated with each and, and sort of what are the implications that uh, those new mindsets have brought? Yeah. So one that I've been thinking about lately, I can't remember that I wrote about this somewhat frequently, but I did an episode and I called it nah bigger. It's actually the, the background on my phone. It's nah, N-A-H comma bigger. Like the idea of I look at something or I think about something and I, I motivate myself to be like, nah, bigger. Like I can think bigger. I could do better. I could do more. I could push myself more, right? That, that's the mindset. And that's nothing unique in that necessarily. It's the idea of, of pushing yourself. And in my case, the idea of pushing myself to be more uncomfortable, to, to be more successful, to be a, a better man, to be a better entrepreneur, to be a better content creator, whatever, to push myself that. And I've got all kinds of thoughts on, on how to motivate yourself to do that. But that's one mindset that I talk a lot about. But within that mindset, and I think a lot of people are, are very aggressive in setting goals for themselves to want to do more and grow and all that. And that's always been great. But I found that it's that mindset alone has really detracted from a bit of my uh, happiness because I always want more. And it was always the same way. It's like, oh, I make 50K. That's, I'll be happy. And then I made 50K. It's like, well, it's got to be 100. I got to make 100. And it's like that. And then you're always going to want more and, oh, and you're not going to be necessarily happy. So I did another episode the other day and I called it, yeah, grateful. And basically that's exactly what you think it would be. Uh, it's the idea of being grateful. And so basically with this nah, bigger versus yeah, grateful mindset, it's two mindsets that come together in the form of uh, writing a list of things that you want to grow, basically your goals, and then things that you're grateful for, a gratitude list or gratitude journaling, whatever people want to call it. And I combine those two and that's offered a lot of just more centeredness and happiness for me. The ability to place those two things side by side physically on a list 
wish I had it here with me. And to be able to look at those things, then it really balances you out. And that's the mindset that's been particularly impactful for me is that that mindset of balance, because it's so easy, whether professionally or, I don't know, physically or creatively or personally to get so ahead of yourself on wanting more and bigger and better and not balancing it with that gratitude. And and the result is you kind of drive yourself crazy. And I've always driven myself crazy with that, wanting more, wanting the podcast to be bigger, pursuit to make more money, to get bigger and stronger, all those things. When in reality, if I step back, there's so many little things to be grateful for. And life has really taught me that, whether through personal tragedies or just my own observation and introspection, like combining those two provides balance and balance is everything. You can have a million mindsets, but if you don't balance them, you're going to be all over the place. And to me, that's like the biggest thing I think for personal growth and development is balance. I talk to a lot of people who even by their own admission would be self-help junkies, right? They love it. They read the books, they listen to the podcast, they post the inspirational quotes, they're all about it, but they're not balanced. They're not the couple issues probably they're, they they love to consume and, and not act necessarily but they're also they're, they're filling their mind with all these mindsets that are pushing them for more 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 better 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 growth 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 and they're not balancing it with the most centering thing you could possibly do which is being thankful for what you have and a lot of cliches in there but i think the idea of placing those two concepts side by side like that's been the most powerful mindset that i've adopted i preach to it a lot and it's done a lot for me it's centered me because i missed your self-development and I'm supposed to be pushing myself and pushing people, right? But I think it's taking a step back and balancing those two. That's going to make your self-development journey enjoyable. Because otherwise, you know, what's the point? So long-winded way of saying it's, it's balanced, but I, I found that to be really, really impactful. Well, yeah, I really like that notion. You know, gratitude's come up several times before, but uh, this is a little bit of a unique angle to put it right there side by side. So that does just sort of change the whole energy and feel associated with your your striving or your ambition. And instead of it, you know, being a place of where I'm at right now is inadequate, you know, and uh, and I'm stressed about it, you know, to like, oh, okay, there's there's a big thing that's that's pulling me forward. I'm excited for it, and I'm also you know grateful for where I've come from and and the way things are now. So, so that's really awesome. I, I further want to get your take when it comes to the balance equation in the world of, you know, pushing yourself and hustling and going for it versus resting, rejuvenation, self-care. How do you wrestle with those guys? Yeah, it's a great question. And my immediate answer would be, I don't know. Like, I don't have the, I don't have the best answer for you. And I would tell anyone that I I would be lying if I was like, Oh, it's easy. You got to do this. I would say that I've learned a lot in that respect because that defines me to a T and it's tough though. I mean, everything on Instagram makes you feel like you're falling behind and you need to push yourself, right? The internet in its entirety does that to you, right? You're, you're going to feel like you're running behind. And I think there's no real way around falling into that outside of realizing that you need to balance it. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy. You know, I think the past couple of years, I pushed myself so hard that I came to realize it. And I came to realize that through experience. But it's gotten to a point where I've found a really good balance. And I think a lot of people, when they hear the word gratitude, they think about things like, oh, and I got to do gratitude journaling. I got to hop into an hour-long meditation session. For me, it's, it's literally just writing one or two things down a day that I'm thankful for. It's not a big, long process. And even that practice doesn't really even do anything. It's literally looking at those two lists side by side and realizing that you're doing just fine. And like, that's always been 
my idea of, of progress and success anyway is small little incremental steps and looking at those rather than the big picture that offers a lot of fulfillment. I think people set these big goals and when they're not there, they get really frustrated, but you can balance that by looking at the smaller goals and working towards those and marking those off and then respecting gratitude towards that along the way. So I don't have the best balance. I think for me, I am in a lucky position to my point earlier that like really everything I do selfishly helps me. So it's like I see the value in, in pushing myself from a business perspective, from a career perspective, but I know that it's also helping me personally to my note about sales as well. Like they're all very intertwined and I, I definitely recognize that that's a unique scenario, but I put myself in that position. Okay. I'll put myself in the back there, but I'm still learning to be honest. I late nights, always wanting more. I've got a whiteboard behind me of, of things that I'm working towards that I haven't achieved yet. And it weighs on my mind, but I also can look in the other room to my list of things that I'm grateful for. And that always centers me. So it's a work in progress. I'll say that. <laughs> well, are there particular sort of boundaries or re rejuvenation practices that you undertake to stay in the game? Yeah. Here's the dude bro go answer. Uh, the gym, certainly. I find like music combined with activity just to be so extremely motivating and energizing. I can literally flip a switch. If I'm having a bad day and I could put on some good music, I listen to, <laughs> listen to a lot of electronic music. Like the right song, the right genre can like totally turn things around and it's different for everyone. Not everyone's going to respond to music that way, but to rejuvenate myself, it's, it's literally music. And you combine that with the gym or you combine that with like walking around Chicago when it's nice out, like that does it completely for me just to get out of the, the context where I'm frustrated. I think that's a lesson that anyone can take. I mean, if you're ever frustrated in the office or from your home office or the gym, if you're frustrated with your gains or your body, it's like, you got to get out of that context. You got to get, you got to remove yourself from it. And I think that does a lot for me. And I've realized that because I always used to kind of shut myself in and kind of mull over the thing that was frustrating me. But removing myself from that has really made me realize, one, there's more. Two, there's things you can be grateful for. And three, there's just more possibilities outside of what you're hung up on. Music is definitely a, a key ingredient there. I, people always make fun of me because I love my AirPods and I always have them in and people think I'm on calls and whatnot when I'm really either just listening to music or forgot to take them out. But like, that's how frequent it is for me because it keeps my energy and it keeps me excited. Like there's something very cathartic with good music. I listen to a lot of electronic to my point, but like trance music, which has a lot of climaxes and drops. And it's a very like emotional kind of journey kind of thing, kind of like classical music, I suppose, a lot of builds that just energizes you. It instills like a sense of positivity in me and optimism. And I just, I just run with that. So anytime I'm frustrated, I try to remove myself, music, gym, outside, something like that. Not the usual, like I, I don't find going to hang out with friends that rejuvenating. I have great, amazing friends, but I wouldn't look to social interaction to be the thing to rejuvenate me. If anything, it makes me start to think of things relative to them and start comparing and whatnot. I find it to be going and do something like I just described and then coming back and working from that context. Understood. Well, I'm also curious when you're having those times where maybe you're just, you don't feel like pushing yourself, like the motivation is, is low on that day. You mentioned music and the gym or activity are some of your go-tos. Do you have any other things you do that, you know, bring the motivation back when it seems to be missing? Yeah. I mean, certainly for me, since I am a writer, if someone asked me what I do, I would say I'm a writer it kind of translates into podcasting as well. It's writing. I mean, I think if you're ever frustrated with something or trying to break it down, it's like, 
whatever creative field can do that for you. For me, it's writing. Like when I sit down and, and just start writing about something, if it's something that bothers me, like that's allows me to break it down. Sometimes I block myself and my own thoughts because I'm not forcing something tangible out of it. But when I write, it's, it's, I have to put something on paper. So it really forces me to be more introspective. Same with the podcast. Like when I create content, you know, my episodes are only 20 minutes long, but it's basically my own therapy session. So I will put, those are practices. They're also my business, but they will allow me to kind of rejuvenate myself, be introspective, get something out of myself, grow. And at the same time, basically document the process so that other people can get value out of it at the same time. And again, it's not like these aren't scientific practices. You know, I'm, I'm not drilling down the latest study to help shift the mindset. I, but I, I really believe in, in the power of practices like this that really force you to understand how your mind works, what is blocking you and how you could be more lean forward relative to it. So for me, it's, it's always, it's been writing. Like I can sit down and just start writing. I always joke, I've just got a lot of feelings <laughs> and I'll just start pouring them out. And it, it works really well for me. Like I started the podcast and I usually write down a majority of it beforehand in a very detailed outline. And I've only been doing it for about eight months, but those eight months have been so much growth because I've done 90, I released episode 95 today. And 95 episodes of my own experiences, my own funny stories, my own comfortable experiences, my own growth stories, like going through those and looking at them, like that's like amazing double growth for me. So I'm pretty intentional with that. But again, I found a, a great mix for me personally that combines my skill set with my, my goal, which is to grow. Well, I love it. We talked about a lot of, of things that uh, have been good to do. Are there any kind of key mistakes or things that uh, you recommend not doing as you're pursuing the cultivation of, of motivation and, and learning and growth? Yeah, of course. A couple of things, and I'm, tr I'm trying to avoid cliches here, but it's, it's tough to avoid cliches in the self-help space because everyone said something at some point. It's all about your own personal perspective on it. But I think things to avoid are uh, comparisons, certainly. I always do the idea of highlight reels versus behind the scenes. We tend to frustrate ourselves very much so when we compare ourselves, but we're comparing our, our behind the scenes, our grind, our challenges with something that we see on social media, which is someone's highlight reel, right? And we get really down on ourselves because we think we're falling behind. We think we're not extraordinary. We're not doing good things. We're, we're slow, whatever. When in reality is, if you're going to compare, you should be comparing your behind the scenes with someone else's behind the scenes. And that's easier said than done. It's not that easy when people publish good things about themselves, not the struggles. But I think people should come to realize that, especially in the day and age of, of Instagram and Facebook. Like everything you see that people are putting out are going to be their either highly filtered, highly adjusted stories, or it's going to be the best moments of their life. People aren't necessarily going to, sh to share the in-betweens or the, the left of the spectrum. And I think unless you realize that, you're going to feel like you're falling behind, and then it's just kind of a vicious cycle. So I would definitely say that's a big one, certainly. Uh, and another one for me, and it's at the risk of sounding too full of myself, but it's always been this idea of like when I was younger and I would walk into a room of people, whether it was business or personal, I would always walk in with the hope that the group of people would like me. Oh man, I hope they like me. I hope they, they see value in me. And now it's, it's really switched to that of 
I wonder if I will like them. And not in like a pretentious way, oh, they need to impress me or anything. It's just a, a mindset shift where you're not validating yourself through how other people react to you or how other people perceive you. Certainly, it's important in your profession and in general that people have a good impression of you, I suppose. But the mindset of hoping that your your self-worth is going to be validated by by their impression of you, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. That's very passive. I've really adjusted my mindset against that. But I, I would say those two pop out at me, the idea of comparison and then the idea of a desire to be validated by other folks. And I think those are they're easily addressed by the need to be lean forward. But then, you know, from there, you got to put more practices in place to push yourself. But I think those two things would certainly be things to avoid to answer your question. Well, Case, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things. No, no, I, th- I think that's it. I mean, I think for me, it's my my growth. The things that I talk about is like you're never set in stone on anything in particular. Like there's no shame in, in pivoting and changing directions uh, and anything like that. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with that. So if you're doing one thing today. People see a negative connotation flip-flopping or saying one thing one day and doing another or going left and then going right. Like I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like To me, that means that you're growing and you're trying different things, and I think that's really powerful. So I would never see any shame in changing your mind and changing your perspective and changing your political party. I don't know. I don't see any shame with that because it means that you're willing to experience a new perspective, a new routine, and a new habit. And that is how you get to know yourself, not through considering them and thinking about them. It's it's through experiencing them. So I, I would just add that. I found that to be really, really valuable in my life. All right. Thank you. Now, could you share a favorite quote, something that you find inspiring? Yeah. So I figured you'd ask that. <laughs> I'm going to quote uh, Winnie the Pooh. I posted this on my Instagram the other day. But it was it's the the three line quote where it goes where Pooh goes, what day is it? And then Piglet says, It's today. And then Pooh goes, My favorite day. Oh, and yeah. I just like that. People know me know I'm I'm very optimistic. I just really love life to an extent. And I just see so much upside to every day. And and that that captures it. Like today is my favorite day because it is today and I woke up today. So I I love that quote. Well, you mentioned a couple of times you don't rely on studies, but uh, I ask everybody, do you have a favorite study or experiment or a bit of research? Oh, boy. <laughs> Can I say no? I don't, off the top of my head, I don't think I have one. All right. And how about a favorite book? Favorite book. So a ton of great self-help books. And I know folks listening aren't necessarily entrepreneurs, but The Lean Startup by Eric Ries is one of my favorite books for business. Uh, it's basically this idea of starting a business. You should test and test and test and then pivot and test and pivot. It, start small, start fast, be impatient, and then you build businesses that way. You don't build businesses by working on it for a year and theorizing and then testing. You got to test, test, test to understand what will do well. And to my point just a minute ago, I think that's life, right? That's what life's all about. Test, 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 see what works for you, and then build on that. And you shouldn't be afraid to pivot. So I like that book because I am an entrepreneur. I am a business person, but I'm also really into self-development. So those worlds collide very nicely there. It's a great book. And how about a favorite tool? Something that helps you be awesome at your job? LinkedIn, certainly, because my job influence creation is all about connections and that helps me network, certainly. And a favorite habit? Favorite habit would be what I just described, updating the nah bigger and yeah, grateful list. I do that if not every day, every other day. So definitely week, I would say weekly. And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? Instagram is usually the best way to get a hold of me. It's uh, case.kenny on Instagram. Of course, the podcast, New Mindset, Who Dis, or Pursuit, P-R-S-U-I-T. I'm the guy behind it all. So it's pretty easy to, to, to find me. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks 
seek to be awesome at their jobs? Yeah, I think to be awesome at your job, you have to be happy as a person. Uh, I am, again, the, self, the self-development guy. And I think that truly goes back to gratitude. I mean, I've been in sales for a long time and it's easy to, to be like, I'm not making enough money or I'm not closing enough or yada, yada, yada. When in reality, if you take your step back and you did that not bigger versus yeah, grateful practice, even in, in your profession, I think you'd realize that your growth is there, your progress is there, there's a lot to be thankful for and to lean on that will make you happy. And when you're happy, you perform and when you perform, you excel and so on and so forth. So I think gratitude would definitely fit into that context as well. Awesome. Okay, so this has been a treat. Thanks so much. I wish you tons of luck with Pursuit and New Mindset Who Dis and all your adventures. Thank you, Pete. I appreciate it, man. This is great. I really appreciated Case's perspective of not bigger and yeah, grateful, or just the general principle of I am striving to achieve more, but also being grateful for what I have right now. I think that's, that's really cool because I've been, I think, in, in both zones. Like, hey, this is really great. I'm so grateful that I'm, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> as well as the opposite of, man, everything is inadequate. It must be more, more, more. And then I feel kind of anxious and kind of not at peace because I am not exhibiting the proper gratitude for all of the, the blessings and good things that are here right now. So I think it's pretty cool. Little insight case brought to put those side by side and uh, a nice recoloring of embarrassment in terms of, hey, embarrassment is just the sensation of being challenged and growing. So by all means, seek out that embarrassment. If you do it enough, you may come to enjoy it like case does. And that doesn't make you a sadist or is it a masochist, but it just makes you uh, reassociating the embarrassment with the good stuff that often comes with it. So cool stuff from case. It was fun to get a fresh perspective. Again, the show notes, the transcript, the links to items we've referenced over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F425. If you haven't already, I hope you'll push subscribe. If you do, you'll catch our next guest. It is Laura Gassner Otting, and she is talking about how to find consonants and be limitless in your life. Hope you catch it there. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no, no. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers. Subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. 
hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.